Life's too short. Life's too damn short. With your fun fitness friend, Melanie Cole, MS. If someone you love is in cognitive decline or suffering from dementia, art can be such a wonderful way to give them the expression they might not otherwise be able to vocalize. And today we're talking on Life's Too Short with Fabiana Glazer. She's the founder and director of Goldmind Arts. And we're talking about what this can do for our elderly patients that suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's. Welcome to the show, Fabiana. So first I want to ask you, how is the therapeutic arts an important part of cognitive decline or dementia for the patients? Okay, well, Melanie, first of all, thanks for having me. And the arts is really important as treatment for dementia patients because, as you know, we currently at this time do not have any medicine that can cure dementia. We do have some things that can help postpone a decline briefly, but the arts really helps addresses the patient who is living within this chronic illness. And the arts really help bring humanity into somebody's life who is used to actually kind of being a patient number and being a test subject. So the arts are very important to help a person become an individual instead of just a patient. And we can really gain a lot of strides and avoid a lot of the secondary symptoms that come alongside a dementia diagnosis. So if somebody is not an artist and never could even draw a stick figure, is is this still something they can do if they're suffering from dementia at some point? Because, I mean, I'm the worst artist I've ever seen, and so I just don't even imagine, especially if I was suffering more cognitive decline, that I'd be able to draw a circle. Okay, well, great question. So first of all, people who have never drawn before, uh, especially people living with dementia, part of the brain that gets destroyed at the very beginning of the disease is the part that controls inhibition. Now, people living with dementia, you might notice, are better, perhaps, at creating art than the rest of us because they're not inhibited. They are not embarrassed about what they do. And that's something that holds a lot of the rest of us back. So it's something that perhaps they are gifted at, how great it must feel to be losing your memory and at the same time gaining a new skill that you are good at. And the other thing is that memory is not necessary to create art. So while we're creating art and we have dementia, the only thing that is present is what is in front of us. You know, people living with dementia have impaired short-term memory. That's the part that goes first instead of the long-term one. So even though they might not remember starting the painting, they can certainly continue painting on it. It's right in front of them. And because they don't have the distractions of a short-term memory or inhibition and embarrassment, they actually make for wonderful artists. They're not distracted. They are very in the moment. And that is something that is celebrated when doing the arts. Okay, so people hear about this and they say, oh, well, is that the same thing as art therapy? We hear about music therapy. I'm an exercise physiologist, so I do exercise therapy. So what's the difference between a therapeutic artist and an art therapist? Okay, so that's a great question. I get that question a lot because I am a therapeutic artist. I am not an art therapist. So the basic answer is that an art therapist has a degree, a certificate in art therapy. The bigger answer is that art therapists use the arts as a vehicle to get someplace else. So they'll introduce a technique or a medium, if it's watercolor or clay, and we're using that towards a specific goal. A therapeutic artist is basically a teaching artist. We bring in the arts to do. It's not about you having dementia necessarily. It's about you being a person 
And since you have dementia, there's little things that you can do, very few, and this is one of them. We consider it a tool that we are giving you to keep in your toolbox. You can learn how to do art, and then you can use it for whatever you want. You can use it as a time killer. You can use it as a way to bond with your caregiver. You can use it as a distraction. You can use it as a way to focus. It is up to you. Whereas an art therapist usually comes in and mandates more of a specific purpose for that art. Great definition. So you're more like an art teacher that just happens to be concentrating on people with cognitive decline, whether they can do art or not. Exactly. And in fact, my classes don't look that different from classes that I would give, quote unquote, regular or not cognitively declined adults. I recognize, of course, that people living with dementia, I might have to demonstrate while I explain in case they've lost some language and don't understand me. I realize that I need to give shorter instructions and break it down because they will not be able to remember perhaps a long process. But because this, this is an art class, and people living with dementia should be doing art just like the rest of us, except that they're better at it and there's fewer things they can do, which is why it's such a great activity for them. One of the new kind of things that's going around are adult coloring books for stress relief and for... And again, I, I've gotten a few because there's a few shows I like and some coloring books came out for those shows. And I find myself frustrated, Fabiana, doing this because maybe I'm not that good. I don't stay in the lines that well. Do people with cognitive decline and dementia ever feel frustrated with their art that they're not doing it well enough? Or are they not noticing that? Uh, it can depend on the person. You know, there are some people who are overjoyed with their work. I will find that usually people living with dementia are overjoyed at whatever. They don't obey rules, so to speak, the same way that you and I do. We see black lines in our coloring book, and we understand that we're meant to stay inside of it. People living with dementia, depending on their progression, have no and therefore they can't break them. In art, we are never wrong. I always tell them that. And that liberation, since they're people who often might take off their pants by accident in, a, in public, people who mistake people's names all the time or forget words, it feels great to never be wrong. Wow, what an interesting way to look at it. And, and, and as a result of like my frustration, I sort of stay away from it. But my daughter, she's really, really good at art. So she's able to do things. And she tries to show me how she's drawing some of these pictures she's drawing. And it's absolutely wonderful. Now, when you've seen your, your clients, your, your participants engaging in different art, do you see a change come over them, Fabiana? Do you see a look in their eyes or some little bit of lucidity or maybe a feeling of pride at themselves at what they've accomplished? Absolutely. And in fact, using the arts can really help, for example, in uh, situations where we might have bad behavior for people who are living with cognitive decline and dementia, right? So As you mentioned, uh, you know, people doing arts very often are very focused, and sometimes we get frustrated, but in general, we hit a flow. We feel very relaxed because we can't be wrong. We have a wonderful time. We feel like we've expressed something. Imagine that you're in a place where you don't speak the language, and finally, you're given, oh, a piece of paper, and you can draw the way you feel, and you can kind of create pictures and tell people what you think. Part of our method also is to help really explore what we call common 
cultural and emotional histories. So we talk about things before we start making art from the long-term collective past. So working with the generation that I'm working with, for example, we talk about all sorts of things that happened in their lifetime. And while we still have these long-term memories, it's really nice to celebrate them, talk about them, talk about what it was like when your mom cleaned the house, talk about what it was like at your holiday dinners when you were young. And we do that through the arts. We'll look, for example, at a Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving dinner table. And we kind of come back up to the present. And very often we uncover short-term memories in the process. Very natural. Wow. So, I mean, what an interesting thing. And what kind of art are you using? Are you using clay? Are you using crayons, markers? And if you're using paints and things, because as I've worked with people and they spill stuff on themselves and things can happen. So how do you sort of monitor all the different forms of art that you can use and them being able to use it? So we use, of course, all non-toxic supplies because, of course, you never know. Somebody might get confused, might be hungry and put something in their mouth. So first of all, we always use non-toxic materials. In the worst case scenario, we get a little bit of a purple mouth, but that's about it. And we try and do all sorts of mediums. You never know what might trigger someone. I have people in class who are not responsive for a year, two years, and then suddenly through the use of clay or the use of a glue stick or a stamp, something gets triggered. Some long-term muscle memory might get triggered. We can do sewing and crochet. We are, of course, always very safe, but we try and provide lots of different tactile and um, emotionally charged different things. So that might mean working with leaves because it's the fall and older adults sometimes can't go outside that much because of mobility issues. So we'll use leaves as our brushes and the sensation of touching a leaf and dipping it into paint and drawing with it and smelling a leaf, all of that can trigger um, an opening of a new neural pathway that might have been blocked otherwise. Wow, what an interesting way to look at it. And also, if you're using things like leaves, there's always the smell. Mm -hmm. And if we all know that smell takes you back to places, even if you can't remember much, smell will take you someplace that you were or, you know, exactly. and music and, and there's so many different ways. And so what do you do with the artwork, Fabiana, once they've completed it? So part of um, creating these pieces is helping people feel like people, helping people feel personal, you know? So one of the things that I like to do is that I really like to hang pieces on the wall. I work with a lot of nursing homes, for example, and to hang your art on the wall makes it a little bit less of just a stark facility. There's colors. We, not might, we might not remember that we made that piece, but it is up. And in some which way, it can trigger a conversation with a CNA, with a nurse, with family that comes to visit. So I really do like to hang them up if possible. We organize exhibits occasionally where we can all celebrate and admire each other's work. Um, so there's lots of different things. I often encourage my participants to gift their work away because it's a wonderful gesture of expression. This is something that I made. We were talking about love. We were talking about romance. We were talking about, oh, Halloween candy. 
And so this is a gift from me to you, and it opens a new path of conversation. People who are taken care of all day and their caregivers often get into a routine. And without being able to go out much and do much, you run out of things to say. This is a great new thing to talk about, even after the activity is over. One of the things I would see a really great benefit is that relationship building with grandchildren and or uh, even adult children. Do you ever get the family involved in the artwork, too? Because I would think grandchildren would love to do uh, um, a picture, to paint a picture with leaves with their grandfather or grandmother that's suffering from dementia. And it would make the dementia patient feel smiley just looking at this young child doing it with them. We do have a lot of that, and it's a wonderful way for grandparents and kids to interact, and we stimulate conversation about what it was like when I was a kid, you know, what it was like to go on the school bus 50, 60 years ago. Another thing that we do is that we often choose schools nearby our homes and we, that we already work with, and we bring classes into the nursing homes, and it's really wonderful for both parties. The kids get a lot of older adult interaction, and a lot of these families now live far away from grandparents. The, you know, older adults love kiddos. Who doesn't love that? You know, and it's a really wonderful way to share resources. We all get an art class, and we all help each other. And it is a really wonderful way to help reduce the stigma that we have towards older adults, especially those who are chronically ill with a dementia or a memory decline because we're always so scared of Alzheimer's. But by bringing kids, whether it be grandkids or a school nearby, into a nursing home helps break up that stigma and shows them how to interact, a successful interaction, and you make something, which feels great. So wrap it up for us, Fabiana. What a wonderful thing that you do for elderly patients. And tell people where they can find out more about you. Oh, well, thanks. I absolutely love what I do. And you can look, we have a lot of information on our website. It's www.goldmindarts.com. That's G-O-L-D as in the color, M-I-N-D as in your brain, and A-R-T-S, arts. So goldmindarts.com. There's tons of information. Gold Mind Arts. And if you have a relative that's suffering from dementia or cognitive decline, then art is a great way to interact with them and get them to maybe feel things that they're not feeling when they're doing other forms of interaction. Thank you so much, Fabiana, for being with us today. Really great information. And I really want to encourage listeners to subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review. That way, like minded people get to get involved. You're listening to Life's Too Short. It is much too short. And we have to make the most of it. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well.